The holiday season is well underway, and in the spirit of the holiday season, we have a Festivus-type airing of the grievances, New York Giants style. What did I have on my list? Well, that's coming your way next on the Locked on Giants podcast. You are Locked on Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode of the Lachlan Giants podcast is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the promo code Lachlan NFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of the Lachlan Giants podcast, part of the Lachlan Podcast family, your team every day. My name is Patricia Trana, P Train. And we're coming to you during the bye week here. I recorded a whole bunch of shows for you so that you're not left without anything while I'm off on a little break. And I want to thank you, though, still for tuning in. Um, Those of you who are watching on YouTube, making us your first listen of the day, first watch of the day, excuse me. Those of you who listen to us over on our podcast channels, making us your first listen of the day. And a shout out to my everydayers, to my newcomers, and everybody in between, including my Blue Crew subtext community members, you guys rock. Thank you so much for your support. On today's show, I came up with this idea talking to Eli Manning. Not that Eli kind of, you know, inspired it per se, but Eli Manning, as you know, is a big Seinfeld fan. And I found Seinfeld back in the day to be quite enjoyable too. A lot of memorable scenes and whatnot. And when I was putting together ideas for bi-week shows, I said to myself, you know what, I've got to put together a list of things that have just been head scratchers that the Giants have done this year that potentially, I believe, sabotage their chances for success. So I came up with the title, Airing of Grievances. And for those of you who watch Seinfeld, there's a great episode, a funny episode in which Frank Costanza, who was played by the late Jerry Stiller, wonderful actor, um, he talks uh, about, you know, this made up holiday called Festivus and how Festivus is a chance to gather everybody you love and tell them all the ways they have disappointed you over the past year. So anyway, kind of spun off that idea. I know it sounds a little corny, but in spinning off that idea, I have a list of all the ways that I think the Giants not only disappointed, not just in terms of their play, but um, just decisions that were just head scratchers, or as, you know, <laughs> Kramer would say, who out there? <laughs> so anyway, um, uh, that's going to be our show today. I'm going to go through all of them again. Thank you for tuning in. Let's get to it. I'm going to go back to the springtime folks. And, you know, coming off of the successful nine, seven and one season and a playoff berth, you figured the coaching staff would gel, you know, they brought back everybody, um, you know, all the main players, all the coordinators were back. Most of the position coaches were back and so forth. You figured the communication would be better, that they would have the routine, the processes in place, um, that everything would be smooth, right? With very few hiccups. Well, I go back to the springtime and there were some minor communication issues that would pop up with coaches, for example, not getting their players into the practice um, sessions that they needed to be in on time. 
And you sit there and you say to yourself, wait a minute, they've been at this for over a year now. Why are they still having trouble getting guys, you know, set up and into the huddle on time? So that was, you know, one first, you know, one little thing that popped up that at the time wasn't really a big red flag, but it would pop up later on during game scenarios where you had miscommunications. For example, you know, Mike Kafka on that Tyrod Taylor uh, fourth down play where he said, I had to do a better job communicating with the quarterback or, you know, the communication between the press box, the guy, you know, the coaches in the press box and Dable on the challenge flag that he threw in the Dallas game that he wanted to pick up. So just little things like that, you know, um, time management, the fact that Dable as of this recording has yet to win a challenge. These are all things we didn't see last year. And, you know, the, the communication it does, you know, there's going to be hiccups once in a while, but it just seems like there were too many hiccups for my taste uh, this year. All right. The next thing I want to talk about, and I'm going to kind of go out of order here a little bit, but they talked about load management, load management for players who were coming off of injuries. And one of the guys who they acquired who was coming off of an injury was tight end Darren Waller. And I, again, I go back to the spring, I look at the summer, and while other guys were getting, you know, time off and, you know, reps off. Darren Waller really didn't have his met his load managed. And, you know, it's interesting because he showed up on the week one injury report with a hamstring issue. And when that happened, I remember at the time, Brian Dable being asked about that. And he said, oh, we had a plan all along for, for Waller. Okay, really? Up until that point, he had pretty much practiced all summer long he had pretty much practiced all during the spring. And now all of a sudden he there was a plan in place. And oh, by the way, after he was on, after Waller was on the week one injury report, the next several weeks he was off of it, I believe. And, you know, which meant he took all his practice reps. So what exactly was the plan to manage his his workload? I don't get that. And, you know, here we are. Waller's on IR of no use to the Giants right now. So I'm not really sure I understand what they were doing there in handling of, of Darren Waller. And that's just one example, by the way. Um, we'll talk about roster construction. This is a big one. Forcing square pegs into round holes. Eric Gray as a kickoff returner when he hadn't done it really in college, when you had J- Jamison Crowder and Jaden Mickens and Khalil Pimpleton on your 90-man your roster, Guys who had done it, you know, I'm all for expanding guys' opportunities, you know, teaching them new skills. But was it really smart in retrospect to throw Eric Gray into that role before he was really ready for it? When you had experienced guys already on the roster who could do that? I don't understand that one either. And of course, Eric Gray didn't really do well in that role. Now they've got this this guy, Gunnar Olszewski who seems to have solved that problem for now. But how disappointing has it been that when it comes to, you know, a punt returner, even even a kickoff returner, that the Giants didn't really put a lot of thought into getting guys who could potentially flip the field for them in their favor. That's a big, big disappointment and a big grievance that I have with this coaching staff. Now, I have others that I'm going to talk about coming up right after this. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Life can sometimes drag us down, leaving us with more questions than answers. 
Life-changing decisions and events can challenge our coping skills and call our confidence in making decisions into question. BetterHelp can provide you with the guidance you need to become empowered in your decision-making process. BetterHelp is entirely online and is designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. And if you find that your assigned therapist turns out not to be a match, you can switch it anytime for no additional charge. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LockedOn. Hey, Giant fans, Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you all day, every day, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right, Giant fans, welcome back to the Locked On Giants podcast. I'm your host, Patricia Traina, P-Train, and it's the airing of grievance grievances. You know, again, that's a reference uh, to the famous Seinfeld Festivus, you know, Festivus for the rest of us. Seriously, you guys go, go to YouTube and you'll see uh, that episode. It's kind of funny, uh, that scene. But anyway, um, I'm going down my list of grievances things that I think potentially helped sabotage the Giants in 2023, decisions that were made that left you wondering what the heck were they thinking? You know, I started to talk about roster construction in the first uh, segment, towards the end of the first segment there. I'll mention another thing. How many slot receivers did this team sign in the offseason? They literally had, I want to say, about a dozen slot receivers. Did they really need that many? Now, you could say to yourself, okay, well, maybe they signed guys as backups in case Wandell Robinson wasn't ready, which, of course, he went through all of summer on PUP before being activated. Maybe they signed, you know, extra guys because they didn't know what was going to happen with Sterling Shepard, who could play the slot. All right, I could buy that, but did you really need the majority of your receivers to be slot guys? You know, now was the plan there perhaps because the slot guys are basically known as guys who could pick up yards after the catch and help with the short to intermediate passing game? Maybe that was the plan. I don't know. But what I do know is while the Giants were collecting slot receivers, like I used to collect baseball cards as a kid, they were left without no depth at edge rusher where Aziz Ojolari predictably went and got hurt. They were left without a legitimate uh, swing tackle. All right. They, they went with Matt Parrott for that role initially after cutting Tyree Phillips. And yet, you know, it just seemed like they never really trusted Parrott to fill that role. So I don't understand that. And, uh, you know, just head scratchers. Um, staying on the offensive line and staying on, you know, roster construction here for a moment. I mentioned they dumped Tyree Phillips for reasons, who knows? And of course, Phillips was later added on when they had all the injuries pop up. But, you know, 
if Tyree Phillips, as was reported, I think the New York Post initially reported that he was he was let go because he had reverted into some bad habits. Where was the coaching to correct that? Isn't that what a coach is supposed to do? I mean, you're giving up on a guy allegedly because he reverted back to some bad habits instead of working with him to get him out of those bad habits. Does that make sense to anybody? And oh, by the way, you're keeping, you know, Shane Lemieux on your roster who, you know, has been injury prone. Did you really think, you know, things would be different? You know, what's that old saying? Injured guys are going to get injured. And I mean, I I didn't understand that one at all. You can also look at some of the trades they made. You know, they traded for Isaiah Simmons, only gave up a seventh round pick. Okay, that's not too bad. And everybody thought, okay, coming in, Isaiah Simmons was going to rush the passer. Did he do a whole lot of rushing this year so far? I don't think he has. Now, they did find a role for him, which, you know, kudos to them for coming up with something. And that is, is that Isaiah Simmons has been primarily a spy against these mobile quarterbacks. So you've got him, you know, in there as a spy, as opposed to a safety, because Simmons could also help you with the run defense, which by the way, the run defense, not that great, but you wonder if maybe the run defense, the reason why maybe the Giants yielded some of the yardage in the run defense was to maybe slow down the pace of the game as their roster began to deteriorate. But that's another story. But just going back to the, you know, the trade again, Isaiah Simmons, we all thought he was going to be a pass rusher. They didn't use him as such. So they did use him as a spy. I don't hate that move. It made sense. But, you know, the one move that they did make, they acquired Boogie Basham from the Bills. I don't think I recall. I can recall Basham, as of this recording, um, having made any standout plays. I'm not even sure what his role is. You know, I look at Basham and I say to myself, my gosh, he's basically a younger clone of Jihad Ward. So why do you need another one of him on the roster? Because he was a former Bill that played for you and that you scouted? I just didn't see how that made sense either. So, you know, I'm all for trades, uh, obviously, but have a plan for how you're going to use these guys. You know, and I just think it was, it was, it was almost like, I don't want to say an impulse decision made by general manager, Joe Shane, but everybody's got to be on the same page. And again, I just don't know that everybody was on the same page when it came to this. So very curious, head scratching decisions. And, you know, I'm not saying that, you know, the acquisition of Simmons and Basham sabotaged this team, but if you didn't really have a concrete plan for how you were going to use them, could you have maybe devoted the roster spots to other spots, you know, other positions, other players that maybe you knew how you would use them? It's just a thought. Just a thought. I mean, I don't understand what they were doing. Um, I want to talk about the deployment of the youth. You know, Jordan Riley has not really been active much this season. Anybody wondering why? You know, why is um, Raheem Nunes Roches, who, I again, I'm not so sure how much of an impact he's made since he's been playing here. Why is he active? 
when you have this kid, Riley, um, you know, I understand why DJ Davidson is active. You know, he helps with special teams and he's young. So you get him some snaps, but you know, with the season gone, why aren't you getting Jordan Riley some game snaps to evaluate? Yeah. Maybe he can't help you on special teams, but maybe he can help you elsewhere. And Oh, wouldn't you want to know if he could hold up in real time play as well as he did in the preseason. So that's a head scratcher as well, that deployment. And that is going to lead me to the next segment where I talk about other deployment, offensive line and preseason. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Hey, Giant fans, if you want to secure tickets to your favorite concert shows and sporting events without distress, you need to check out Game Time, the fast and easy way to buy tickets right up until the day of the event. With amazing deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun that you're going to have. With Game Time, you not only get the lowest prices, you also get clear images of seat views and event cancellation protection. And if you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. So go ahead and snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the promo code LOCKONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices, guaranteed. Terms apply. Again, that's promo code LOCKONNFL for $20 off your first purchase at Game Time. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Locked On Giants podcast. I'm your host, Patricia Trena, and I'm airing my grievances. How I think the Giants sabotaged themselves this season. Just some real head-scratching decisions. And, you know, I always tell people that, look, I don't agree with every decision the Giants have ever made, be it coaching, be it front office or whatever. But nine times out of 10, I can understand the logic that they had behind making the decisions. This year, folks, there were too many decisions that were made that I'm still trying to figure out why they were made and why they went about it. You know, and you ask about it. You say, why did you do this? And they say, well, you know, we do what's in the best interest of the team. Okay, great. I would hope you would do what's in the best interest of the team. But, you know, was everything in the best interest of the team? I don't think so. And I'll give you a couple more here. And I've saved the best for last. I'm going to start with the offensive line construction. Now, look, I get it. They were trying to figure out who was going to play on the offensive line. But you had all of the spring to do that. You had a good chunk of the summer to do that. All right. The Giants, meanwhile, were going to more of a positionless offensive line where guys were playing two or three positions at any given time in an effort for the coaching staff to figure out what's our best five. Right now, in a game, you're only playing five offensive linemen unless somebody gets hurt. So all this rotating in and out never really allowed the offensive line to build up any continuity. And it showed, folks. It showed. Right now, to make matters worse, there were some other head scratchers. So, for example, you had Shane Lemieux, who never took a snap in in, uh, the summer with the first team offensive line, suddenly now he has to go in and play center, I think for one game earlier in the year. And you know what? It didn't work. So what about this cohesiveness, this continuity, this, you know, 
being able to recognize the verbal and nonverbal play and signals of the guy next to you. That never developed. You move Mark Lewinsky over to left guard, a position that he hadn't really played much. Or Marcus McKethan, who was the right guard, you're putting him at left guard. You move Joshua Zudu to left tackle, a position that he didn't play in the NFL, and he didn't even start practicing until about a week and a half before the regular season game. And now, oh, by the way, he's now your swing tackle, the first guy off the bench instead of Matt Parrott when Andrew Thomas got hurt. How does that make sense? I mean, I don't understand what they were doing with that offensive line. And when you have to keep rotating guys in like that, and I said this during the Joe Judge era when they were doing it, so, you know, this criticism applies to this day. If you don't have your set five offensive linemen by at least the midpoint of the summer, then you're in trouble because you're not allowing that group to melt together, to gel, to develop that cohesiveness. And that is a problem. And that has been a big problem for this team going into the season. And we haven't even talked about injuries, which I will do in just a moment. First, before we get into the season and injuries, I want to talk about the preseason and how the coaching staff handled that. Now, all season, or I should say all preseason long, I kept thinking, okay, I could see the starters not playing in the first preseason game. Second preseason game, get them a little bit of work and maybe get them a little bit of work in the third preseason game just to keep them fresh at game tempo. What happened? On offense, despite the fact that they had all these new pieces, despite the fact that they wanted to expand the offense, turn it into more of a deep passing game, they played the starters for what, one series against a crappy Carolina team, no less? And they said, okay, you know what? Everything looks good. We're good to go. Everybody sit down. We'll keep you fresh and not worry about you guys getting injured you know, for the start of the regular season. Well, guess what? Guess what happened when the regular season came around? They had injuries. Andrew Thomas got hurt. You know, I mean, there was the tush push. Um, the, The offensive line, we all know about the injuries there. So what exactly were they trying to accomplish by holding guys out and not letting them get game speed. Now, maybe the the uh, argument was, oh, we know what Andrew Thomas could do. Okay, I'll buy that. We know what Evan Neal can do. Sorry, I can't buy that given Evan Neal's uh, rookie season. We know what Daniel Jones could do. All right, but again, you've got new pieces in here. Do you know what he could do, you know, with these new pieces at game speed, not at practice speed? Where practice, by the way, is a controlled environment. So I just didn't understand why the coaching staff felt it okay to hold these guys out the way that they did. Head scratcher. And you know what? When they got to Dallas, they got punched in the mouth. And I, I got I gotta say, folks, I don't think the Giants ever recovered from that blowout loss to the Dallas Cowboys. I really don't. And I'm, I'm going to say that, you know, until the end of the season, that set the tone for the season. And you wonder just how much that could have been avoided. Now, I'm not saying the Giants would have won that game, but how much closer would it have been? How much more competitive would the Giants have been if maybe they had said to themselves, okay, you know what? We'll get our starters a little bit more work in the preseason 
so that they can develop that cohesiveness and get used to the game speed. I bet you that changes next year, by the way. Let's see if I'm right. Got a ways to go, but I bet you that changes. All right. Injuries. But let's talk about the handling of injuries. All right. I mentioned Andrew Thomas got hurt on early in that Dallas game, pulled a hamstring. All right. Now, I don't know about you, but Andrew Thomas, to me, is the most valuable player on that Giants roster. The second he pulled that hamstring, if that had been me, I would have pulled him out of the game and not risked him making that thing worse. But instead, he was left in. He competed, and then finally he had to come out. And, oh, by the way, he then went on to miss, what, seven games? Where was the the, the uh, brilliance in, in not pulling him out? I don't get it. I also don't get um, when they had Daniel Jones come back from the neck injury. You're asking him to do a quarterback sneak or a tush push, knowing that the guy still had some, you know, reportedly still had some discomfort in his neck and he is coming off of that neck injury. You really want to do that instead of giving it to a healthier running back? And then my favorite, the Graham Gano situation. Graham Gano popped up on the injury report with a knee issue. The Giants let him kick against the Jets. Apparently, Gano felt fine, I guess. But as the game went on, he his kicking skills deteriorated. And again, Gano has been your leading scorer for what? The last two, three years or however long he's been here. And you're taking a chance with that. Instead of, you know, saying to yourself, okay, look, the knee is a problem. You know he's going to have to get to get surgery at the end of the year, but yet you're still going to send him out there to kick? How did that make sense? Right? And P.S., Gano is on IR. There's, you know, is he going to be okay for next year? We sure hope so. But there's no guarantee with these injuries. So just decisions like that have driven me crazy when it's come to injuries. You know, I just don't understand what they've been thinking. And again, I don't want to say that all of these that I pointed out are necessarily the reason for the Giants season getting sabotaged, but certainly you can point to them and some and, and second guesses, you know, we're doing here. You can certainly um, question what they were thinking. Uh, the injuries were a big problem. Yes. The coaching has been a problem. It's overall been a disappointing season. I don't have to tell you guys that. For a team that so much was expected of, that there was so much optimism for coming into this year, for a team that needed to show that it could get back to the playoffs, that it could build on what it started last year. And instead, the Giants ended up having the type of year this year that technically they should have had last year in the first year of the Dable and Shane regime. Well, nowhere to go but up, folks. At least let's hope that's the case. That's going to do it for this edition of the Locked on Giants podcast. As always, I thank you for tuning in, making us your first listen of the day, or if you watch on YouTube, your first watch of the day. Keep it here all week long. Got more shows coming for you, folks. Hope you enjoy them. Have a great week.